This is Human to Human, and I'm your host, Caitlin Walker. Thanks so much for tuning in to our very first episode. And, you know, Human to Human has been uh, in the works for a couple years now, and I was reflecting on what the first episode quote should be, or what's the right place to start? And it kind of seemed like a no-brainer to begin with the human brain in our survival system, our nervous system when we're faced with threat. In light of the global pandemic and the coronavirus that is affecting all of us, it just seemed to make sense the levels of chronic stress and prolonged shelter-in-place orders, it can be really helpful to have a map and a language for what might be happening biologically in your nervous system and in your brains and what you're seeing in your family as well as within yourself. And I know in recent conversations with friends, families, and clients, that seems to be the place that we hang out often in terms of checking in with different triggers and what's happening in the body um, and just connecting at that level and really, really to normalize that there's so much happening and so anxiety and stress and activation that you may be feeling is 100% spot on. And your bodies are designed to do it, and it's normal. And so when I talk about trauma, it can be helpful to give a a brief description here as a lot of people associate trauma with big incidents. And right now we are in a a global trauma that is prolonged. Um, But traumas can also be what we call little T's as well as the big T's. So when I talk about trauma, I mean an event or a set of circumstances that can be enduring that overwhelm an individual's ability to tolerate or to integrate their emotional and physical experience. And that's coupled with a perceived threat to safety. Real or imagined, as long as our bodies feel a threat or perceive one, then it can get encoded in our bodies and our brains as a trauma. And so it's safe to say that we are all sharing in this experience as a human species, this corona pandemic, as a trauma. Um, Assuming that we have moments where we are overwhelmed with our ability to, to cope with it. And certainly the longer it goes on, we might see a higher incidence or more difficulty with with coping with the day-to-day, with the shelter in place, um, for a variety of reasons. And the first concept that I want to introduce you to, if you haven't already been introduced to it, is the concept of the triune brain, where we have three parts of the brain. Wonderful to have this mapped out by the the neurological researchers. So thank you, smart scientists who map all of this. I love to just read about it, the brain science. And what we know about brain health is that brain health is when these three different parts of the brains work together doing their respective jobs. 
And so the first part of the brain that I want to talk about that develops in utero is the reptilian brain. And this is the part of the brain that's responsible for everything that's subconscious and survival-based. So it's everything instinctive. It's our breathing, it's our heart rate, it's our digestion, it's our fight or flight system. All of that is managed by this part of the brain. And in fact, it sits at the base of our head and the top of our spinal cord. That's where it is. And so we first developed that part of the brain. And then through evolution, we developed this part of the brain called the limbic system or the emotional and relational center. Or other researchers call it the mammalian brain. And it's what makes us connect with other humans or animals, right? Mothers caring for their youngs. Everything that we associate with mammals is connected to having this part of the brain. This also stores our trauma memories and our body experiences in a different way, which we'll get to later. And then... And geographically, it's kind of tucked in the middle of the brain. And I'll give you a, a hand model that can be really helpful for understanding these different parts since we can't see each other in this. And the third and last part of the brain that develops is called the prefrontal cortex or the neocortex. And that's the part of the brain that we associate with executive functioning. So it's language, it's problem solving, it's reasoning, it's sequential memory, and everything that we associate with adults. And so this part of the brain begins to develop in adolescence and develops well until we're 25. And so when, you, when we talk about adolescence and we're like, oh my God, they can't think through an issue and they're just so impulsive, well, yeah, because this part of their brain is just really beginning to develop. And it takes until we're 25 to really, and who knows, maybe longer, and depending on our life circumstance, to really integrate in and have access to this part of the brain. And so, like I said before, health, brain health, is when these three parts of the brain work together to do their own jobs. And so, and Dan Siegel, who's a neuroscientist and researcher at UCLA, um, shout out to him. He's been super helpful in bringing this research to, um, to the field and to people in ways that we can access it and uh, integrate it into our lives. And he uses a hand model to describe the different parts of the brain. And so if you were to kind of raise up one of your arms with your fingertips towards the ceiling and your elbow down towards the floor. Think of your forearm as the spinal cord. And so if we were to map out where the reptilian brain is, it's right at that point where the wrist begins to break, right? Before you get to the palm at the top of your forearm. So that's where the reptilian brain sits. And then next, we have the mammalian brain, and that is your thumb. Now, tuck your thumb into the middle of your palm, kind of, and it gets tucked in in that region, the interior region of the brain. 
And then last, fold your four fingers over your thumb, making a fist with your thumb tucked inside. It's the way you don't want to like punch someone, right? Because you'll break your thumb. So it's, but hold it like that for this circumstance. And so the, the fingers and all that, the, the back of the hand here, that's your prefrontal cortex. And it wraps around the emotional part of the brain, right? And so you might even kind of like face it like a hand puppet, right? Like turn it towards you and like, hey, that's your brain. The three parts of your brain. Now, what happens when we, when we talk about trauma is when we perceive threats, our bodies and brain are designed for survival. So what happens is the part of our brain for problem solving literally gets turned off. And what happens, so we flip our lid and we are left with all of the emotions in the physiology of the body for survival. So now expand your hand open and spread your fingers up and out. Like we're gonna do a sloppy high five. So we flip our lid when we perceive threat. And the thinking brain goes offline. So now we have the amygdala, the thumb in the emotional center freaking out and we have all of the physiology in the body, all of the adrenaline, all of the chemicals for survival starting to pump in our bodies to survive the threat or to get away. So, and this works really well from an evolution standpoint. So when a tiger, I'm in the jungle and a tiger is, I see out of the corner of my eye and is about to chase and eat me, I don't need to think about Hmm, what do I do in this situation? No, fuck. I just need to react and any thinking is going to slow that down. And so I need the emotions of fear and oh my God, right? The emotions of that. And then all of the physiology and the body response to get away from the threat. And this is beautiful and brilliant to have this hardwired into our bodies and the issue becomes when we're in chronic states of stress or threat, like we are right now, that the system that was designed originally to turn on and off, to come back into homeostasis and balance, gets stuck on on. And so we have prolonged exposure to adrenaline and cortisol pumping through our bodies. And then over time, we can develop chronic health issues and so on and so forth, which we won't get into today, but certainly later is important to acknowledge and can weave into this map here. Okay? So we have three parts of the brain that are supposed to work together for health. And they're also part of our survival system that's designed originally to turn on and off. And for many of us, even before this pandemic, <laughs> was set to more on than off. And that goes into, you know, based on our earlier childhood experiences and exposure to overwhelming circumstance and events, things like that. And they, our, our nervous systems can actually get hardwired 
into a place of survival and reactivity. Um, and the good news is that we know with the brain science and the body research is that we can actually rewire our nervous systems if, that's, if we fall into that category. And so the second um, concept I wanna bring in here for today is what Dan Siegel calls the window of tolerance, or as Pat Ogden, the founder of sensory motor psychotherapy calls the optimal arousal zone. And so for this, think of two parallel horizontal lines or like an equal sign. Or if, you, if you're from the 80s and, and maybe 90s and you're into like uh, Pong, right? Flip it on its axis so it's horizontal. You have two lines, two horizontal parallel lines. And in between those two lines is what's called the window of tolerance. And this is where we can think and feel at the same time. You know, there's ups and downs in life, but our feelings and reactions to stimulus, to an event or a person, are within, like, reason. Like, they make sense. They're tolerable. They fit the situation. Now, any time that we perceive threat, our system goes into that fight-or-flight place, into survival, and we can go either above that line into what's called hyperarousal, or we can go down below that lone line into what's called hypoarousal. Both are ways that our nervous system is trying to find safety. And this is all subconscious, right? It just happens instinctively, automatically, at least at first, right? And so, Hyper arousal going above that line again, our thinking brain turns off, and what that looks like is everything gears up for survival. We get dumps of adrenaline, we can feel overwhelm, panic, impulsivity, defensiveness, hypervigilance, anger or rage lives up here, racing thoughts, right? Everything speeds up to find safety and survival, like fight, flight, freeze. There's actually more of these survival strategies, which I won't get into for today, but everything gears up for survival. So that's above the line, right? And so, and then if we come down below that first line, we're back in the window of tolerance and between the two parts of the equal sign or <laughs> pong, um, and then below the line, that bottom line, is what's called hypoarousal. And so this is a way that our nervous system tries to find safety by actually slowing down and shutting down. So if those first stages of defense, that fight or flight, right, keep trying to run and get away or fight our way to safety doesn't work, our body and nervous system will go into a dorsal vagal response, which you don't need to know what that is, um, but it shuts down to try to find safety. Think of a gazelle that's been trapped by a lion or caught by a lion and is about to get eaten. It goes into a fake death response or a possum playing dead to try to find safety. As humans, we do this too. It looks like numbing out. It looks like disconnection from feelings. It looks like uh, no energy or depression. 
like not like dissociation, not really being there. Looks like shame, can't say no. So again, our nervous system brings us into a different state of arousal to try to find safety. And again, this part, when we're in this place, doesn't have access to that thinking brain or language or orienting to like what's happening in the present moment, right? Both the hyper and hypo are dissociated states trying to find safety. It's a brilliant system of survival. Again, I really want to normalize it. And issues can become more present and prolonged when we're in a state of chronic fight or flight, when our nervous system and our brains don't feel safe, right? Which for many of us is right now. And so, there are ways that we can help our nervous system and find more regulation from what we call a top-down, which is like through thinking in different ways, mindfulness, top-down ways, as well as bottom-up, body-based ways, to try to help our bodies and our nervous systems come back to a state of balance and regulation within that window of tolerance. And the ways that we do that depend on whether we are in that hyper-aroused place, the upper zone, or whether we are in the lower zone. And what we know with decades-long research that we can help boost our immune function by helping our nervous system come back to a place of balance. And we also know with research that optimism and gratitude boosts our immune system. And so when we are facing a global threat and trauma of this coronavirus, these are really important pieces to pay attention to and things that we can have choice and control over and with. And what's super cool and why there's so much research and like this huge boom of mindfulness is that we know with the brain research that when we engage in mindfulness, it activates the medial frontal cortex of our brain, that part that lives in that um, thinking brain, the neocortex, and it actually helps us to get our lid back down. If you think back to that hand model of flipping our lid, it helps to create and to help our bodies come back into the present moment where our bodies can perceive that actually we are safe to whatever degree is true in that moment, right? And so we can tend and befriend our survival systems and sometimes having language in a map for what might be happening is huge. I know for me in my journey through healing and trauma, healing and everything else, this was so eye-opening for me and really changed the landscape. And I started to feel like, oh my God, well, if my body's supposed to do this and this is what's happening, then there's a way to have a different experience and a different outcome then. And not only for me, but for people in my family and for my friends. And there's a commonality of like, as humans, our bodies and brains are designed to do this. And there's 
other steps beyond just this. So yeah, I'm getting a shit triggered out of me, right? By whatever's happening, by the pandemic, by something in the house, by children, by loved ones, whatever it is. And there are ways to come back in, out of those survival places of hyper and hypo arousal, back into the window where I can feel balance, where I can feel breath, where I can be present. How cool is that? And that's not the end of the story. We can rewire and rewrite our nervous system to live in that place more often and for longer periods of time. So freaking cool. And so what I really want you to hear today is that one, if you're experiencing any, any triggers, big or little, dysregulation, anxiety, overwhelm, shutdown, dissociation, it's normal. Our human bodies and brain are designed to do that. And two, all change first begins with awareness. So maybe the first step is to just notice, one, am I out of my window? That's step one. And then, then two, beginning to develop and practice ways and tools to return back into that window and balance becomes secondary and tertiary and everything else, right? And that's where mindfulness can become the key to healing and regulation. So just noticing. And so this is just a beginning framework for where, where we're going to go on this journey on, on and with and through human to human. Right? As we talk about our nervous systems, we talk about our brains and how to normalize what's happening and also empower you. Given our biological systems, empower you to make change that is gonna lead to more health, more happiness, more fulfillment, more connection. Because when we're in a state of survival, the part of us, the social engagement system, the part of us that can connect with another turns off too. So if, I, if that tiger, God damn it, if that tiger is back chasing me, I don't want to sit and talk to you about it. Actually, my body won't let me. Um, and two, I don't want to because I want to survive it. So that part of our brain shuts down too and we can't connect. So when we're talking about trauma and PTSD or chronic trauma or prolonged exposure to trauma like a global pandemic, it's really hard to have connection or to find safety enough to connect. And so that's why this, uh, this also becomes really important when we talk about our human need for connection and relationship. Connection and relationship happen within the window. And if we're blown out of the window or we have very little time of living in the window, then it's really hard to have lasting relationships or filling, fulfilling relationships to ourself as well as to other people, family members, friends, so forth. And so I hope this was helpful. And again, this is just a 
a really short snippet, a, a beginning map and landscape from for where we're going to go and where you can take this. And if this was helpful, awesome. I am so glad. This was really helpful for me when I learned it. And if you've learned this before and this is a refresher, I hope it's helpful again and maybe um, to hear it in the same way or in a different way than maybe you heard it before. And so if this was helpful and you want to learn more, click subscribe because this is where we're headed. This is the track or one of the tracks that we'll be going down on Human to Human. And if you want more information or resources, you can check out my website, caitlinwalker.com. I have a resource page there with books and uh, I, don't, I think I might even have podcasts listed, different apps to help in terms of regulation. So that could be a great source or next step to get more uh, support if you find yourself being like, yeah, this makes sense. I want more. I want to learn more. I want to help my body and nervous system regulate because this fucking pandemic, holy shit, right? You're not alone. <laughs> Welcome to the human club. Um, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for your attention. Um, I look forward to diving into this more with you later and in the next series and episodes that come. I wish you health and wellness right now. Please keep yourself safe and honor the ways that your body and brain are trying to find safety for you, even if they're outdated. Thank you, body and brains. And as always, keep on loving. <laughs>